0: Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of State of the Art. I'm your host, Andrew Herman, and if this is your first time here, let me tell you a little bit about what we're doing. We're talking about art, technology, and the intersection between them, but mostly we want to talk about why you should care about this stuff. I've been on both sides of this coin as a startup founder, an engineer, a creative, and I'm just fascinated by the world where art and technology overlap. So I'll be talking to artists, collectors, CEOs, and founders, anybody who has any perspective on this world I want to talk to. We have an awesome guest for you this week, another artist by the name of John Bergerman. John's style is doodly and hilarious and fun, and he's done a lot of really cool things from uh, T-shirts to murals to books that he's put out. Um, You're going to hear him talk about his music project, why he got vegetables thrown at him, his history moving from the UK to New York City, and uh, everything in between. So please stay tuned and welcome John Bergerman. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. Thanks for tuning into another uh, episode of State of the Art. In this week, we have one of the more interesting artists that we've had on this show. We we typically stay in the world of uh, sort of art and technology, but um, John, your work was too interesting to to stay away from. So please, welcome to the show. Uh, thanks for being on, John Bergerman. How are you doing?
1: I'm good. Thank you very much for saying I'm interesting, <laughs> although sometimes that's code for I don't want to date you anymore.
0: So. You know, I had um. <laughs> I was given a gift by my grandparents one time, and it was a book, and I legitimately thought it looked interesting. And my grandma said to me, you know, you should never tell someone that what they've just given you is interesting because people can take that the wrong way. So I apologize. I should have. known. No,
1: no, no, it's fine. It's just as a British person, we would, you know, we we use that word maybe slightly differently, like, uh, oh, very interesting. (laughs) Or, you know, like, oh, that's that's nice.
0: (laughs) Well, your work is very interesting. It's very different from what a lot of people uh, do. So. What would you? How would you explain your work?
1: Hmm. Um, I would say my work is it's, uh, it's full of characters and color and uh, wibbly lines and shapes and uh, it takes the form of drawings and paintings, but it's not limited to that. It finds its way onto objects and uh, walls and installations and uh, projections and animations and products and people and anything really so it's quite um it's quite invasive i guess
0: (laughs) so and you know for for our listeners who may not have seen you before um people refer to your work as doodling is this would you refer to your own work as doodles
1: uh (laughs) sometimes sort of maybe um (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that's part of it That's part of my like ethos, I guess, or my the the way that I create the work is in a fluid, um, improvised, um, gestural, playful way. So I'm I'm not, you know, when I'm creating even large scale piece that's um, on a wall or something, I'll just start in one spot and go for it and just draw and kind of see what happens and to explain that to people over the years i kind of downplay it a little bit and i say oh it's just doodling and then they can kind of understand it and doodling sounds a lot more friendly and approachable than drawing yeah so so when i'm giving workshops and things i'll i'll tell people that we're just going to do some doodles and stuff and it's it's a lot more um, approachable um but yeah you could say that i don't know so some i've run into trouble a little bit in my you know career people think doodling means it's not worth anything and you're not really thinking. But for me, doodling is thinking and drawing at the same time. Mm. So it's not just mindless drawing. Although, you know, it could be
0: that. So do you think that, um, you know, so for our listeners, I mean, you do have a very serious background. I mean, you're a trained artist. You've gone the traditional route. Mm -hmm. Um, But do you think that sort of, you know, Having this style sort of disarms people to the point that you know maybe more lay people, people who aren't as in the art establishment as it were, um, find your work a little bit more relatable, a little bit more approachable.
1: Maybe I mean I I make the work that I make. I don't really I can't really think too hard about you know changing it for a certain audience. But certainly I like my work being approachable and accessible. And that certainly has directed, uh, you know, where the work, where I've placed the work over the years. Um, I want people to be to be able to access it. I want people to understand it. I want people to get something from it. As much as I really enjoy making stuff, it, you know, you, it's tough to to do stuff for nearly twenty years and and it just be for you. There has right. to be that back and forth from like. An audience of some, you know, it could be a very small audience, but you know, p- someone has to see it and feel something and respond to it. And then you take that energy and put it back into the work and understand, you know, cause you get to, to experience your stuff through other people. And then that's, you know, that can inform you for future projects and things. So I don't, don't want to work in a complete bubble. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's important that yeah, people can, can uh, find it and, and, and get something from it. Definitely.
0: Well, it- I think, I mean, one of the reasons that I'm a big fan of yours, you know, I mean, you can put whatever label you want on the style itself. But Mm. one of the things that I really resonate with is the fact that you can't ignore that there's humor in what you do. There's a sense of levity and sort of playfulness and and all the stuff that you create. Mm. Has that always been something that you try to incorporate in your work? Is that just kind of who you are? Yeah, I
1: think, um, that's just who I am. Uh, it's, it's a bit like the style thing or the way that I draw is is connected to the way that I think and the way that I speak and the things that I like to do and my interests and things. And I think, uh, the, the humor has always been there because maybe I don't take, I try not to take things too seriously. I mean, I am a, a sort of, uh, racked with anxiety and panic and worry about everything. So Maybe it's um, a reaction to that that I try when I'm creating stuff and making things for myself. I try not to try and have fun with it, and ho- hopefully that comes through with the work. And hmm. yeah, I, I guess I've always been goofing around and being like trying to be funny, and that's just um, another sad, pathetic way of trying to get people's attention and love. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, well, your sense of humor is a little sardonic. Let's just, go, just go there. <laughs> You're, uh... um, Yeah, maybe I don't know. The doodles are a little bit more light and playful than, than mm. the the mood you're putting on it now, but <laughs> but uh but you know, you also mentioned to to us sort of as we were doing our research that um that you think that, that that humor kinda runs a little bit deeper. Where does that come from for you, historically? Uh
1: well, I don't know. I mean it's 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 maybe I'm just a goofy person, or maybe it's um you know, as you experience this at school, maybe it's a family thing. Um, you know, my my father is maybe not the most serious guy in the world, <laughs> um, and they're goofing around all the time. And I I don't know. You could you could maybe think why why is that? He's um, a child of two Polish immigrants that moved to the UK after the Second World War you know, they moved to the UK as orphan children. So may, I don't know, maybe he had a, a, a fraught full, and weird upbringing. And I certainly know my grandparents had a, had a really um, difficult uh, time as children. So maybe there's, he's kind of held on to being a child or, you know, being silly all the time. And I, and, you know, obviously that's had a, had an influence on me. I mean, my two brothers are also kind of uh, goofy and being silly and, like racing to have a quip or a one-liner or, or do something, which <laughs> which I could admit, it can be quite exhausting to be in the
0: company <laughs> of that. But um,
1: I don't know, maybe I mean it stems from there, I guess. I'm not not really yeah. sure. Maybe, maybe it's just the way I am.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. <clears throat> whenever families have some kind of creative characteristic like that, um, mm. it, so my my wife's family is they're they're a bunch of singers, and so every time they get around each other. They just, you know, they'll sing from two o'clock in the afternoon till two o'clock in the morning. <laughs> oh, and it's <laughs> so it's like a beautiful thing, but it's also super uh, yeah. intimidating because if you're not a singer, like you're like, I don't even know how to communicate here. So,
1: <laughs> yeah, definitely, um, definitely my, you know, uh, my immediate family and wider family sort of, yeah. Uh, communicate through through humor through making fun of each other through you know trying to trying to outquip each other and stuff so yeah yeah i, I, I get that's just kind of the
0: the formal language of family i suppose <laughs> that's so,
1: that's what makes it ever so slightly bearable
0: think, so. <laughs> you happen to be armed with the additional skill of being able to put your humor into drawings, so mm, while they uh, had to quip at you you could at least draw them <laughs> in revenge
1: Yes, that's that's true. I mean, I have gotten in trouble over the years in drawing. I mean, particularly at school, it was a blessing and a curse because, you know, it's kind of fun drawing your teachers and sharing them with your fellow uh, students. Less fun when the you know teachers discover the drawings <laughs> and uh, show them to your parents. That's,
0: that's uh, always a bit awkward. Not super flattering renditions, I assume. No, no, no not, not particularly. No. <laughs> I mean, when
1: I do portraits now of people, which is, you know every once in a while I do a little performance piece called a uh, selfless selfie where um it's sort of taken from um um Abramovich's, uh the artist is artist is always present art artist is present where she's where she's staring um where you get to sit opposite her and she just stares yeah. at you yeah
0: yeah
1: so yeah. i di- so i sort of uh, borrowed that shrunk it down to sixty seconds, and we paint each other and then we exchange the drawing. Um, at the end of the 60 seconds so I get a drawing of me and the uh, participant gets a drawing that I made of them and uh, I always sort of apologize um, prior to <laughs> making the work I'm like I'm not it's not going to be a nice drawing necessarily <laughs> right 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 so but at least it might be interesting
0: <laughs> well I'll I tell you that you know the one place that this format really su- tends to succeed it seems is um on social media and you've made it seems like a pretty uh pretty positive use of instagram and youtube what is that what has that journey been like for you sort of creatively
1: um yeah i I think it's good to mention the word creatively there because there's there's all these tools out there and platforms and um i just tried to think about them in in, as if they were another um creative tool Hmm that for my practice rather than just another means of showing what I had for lunch or (laughs) looking up ex-girlfriends or you know something like that which is what a lot of social media seems to be used for um or (laughs) or like sort of creating a lifestyle that's like much better than the reality of of the one that you're living
0: if you are Um, trying to tell me that there are uses for social media beyond stalking exes I reject the notion, sir. I am insulted <laughs> no, that true. you would mention that on this show.
1: It's true. There's there's lots of stuff out there. You know, there's, there, here's the thing, right? Everyone's got Instagram, and there's drawing tools on there, and you can make little videos on there, and there's little funny video uh, tools like rewinding stuff, and and uh, on your phone, there's slow motion and stop motion, and it's all this cool stuff. And I think back to like being a kid, I would have I would have uh, killed for this kind of. Uh, like ex- ex- having access to all these cool stuff and um and now we carry it around in our pocket and don't really think about it so or well, i've not done anything uh particularly special but I, j- I just try to use those things as as another means of creating work so i'm not um by training or anything uh a filmmaker or an animator but using the phone and so- some of the social media platforms you can you can make little videos and stuff and i started to do that and i really love being um an amateur i love not mm. knowing how to use something yeah and i love and not knowing the, you know, the language of film or the what's right or wrong and because you can make all these wonderful mistakes and the mistakes um uh are unusual to people because you know most people would know not to do them so you don't see them and you can you can play around and I don't know. I've just had a lot of fun. I've made hundreds and hundreds of sure little 10, 15 second videos using the various tools on there. And people respond really well to them. And I think it's because uh, they're funny and engaging, but also because they stand out yeah because uh, other people aren't really using these things in that way. So, um, but yeah, it's like anything, whether it's a, a new type of paint or brush or, uh, you know, Snapchat or uh, Instagram or anything. You can, you could view those as as creative platforms
0: yeah yeah it's you know i think that a lot of these platforms get kind of vilified especially now with facebook in the news not that i'm defending facebook but um but it is kind of it's it's always more interesting to watch what an artist does with it because at the end of the day it's really just a platform for expression right
1: yeah i mean what i'm trying to uh, try and do with my stuff on there is encourage anyone to do the same things so um i've had a really uh, incredible response from people all over the world that have seen the kind of videos i'm making i get a lot of messages how do you do that how can i put googly eyes on something <laughs> and uh i reply to them and i tell them and i made a little even if you go on my instagram there's a little tutorial uh highlight if you click on one of the highlights it's a t- tutorial about how to put the gif stickers on there and stuff um and then anyone can go out and make these videos and have a lot of fun. And I think like you feel better making stuff. You feel satisfaction and it's exciting and it gives you ideas for other things. And I think that's like a much better use of our time on on these platforms rather than just like rubbing your thumb up and down the screen, looking at things and feeling a bit, you know, fear, you know, FOMO and, right, right, and right. jealous and all that. So uh, yeah, I think uh, create, creativity is is good for our mental well-being and. Yeah, off the back of like some of these things is why I made um, a creativity book last year, which is really just spilling all my secrets and and sharing, you know, how I make stuff in the hope that other people will, will go and do that because I think that's a, a, a good thing for yeah for everyone.
0: So, so I'd like to talk a little bit about sort of what your career trajectory was, because you've been, mm-hmm. I mean, you've done a lot of different things. I mean, you've made books, you've done a lot of commercial work, uh, you've done album covers, all of this stuff. Um, mm. And, you know, congratulations to you. It seems like you're, you're uh, kind of killing it. You're being pretty successful with what you're doing. And as, uh, as listeners may be able to hear from your accent, you are originally from the UK, but um mm-hmm. You ended up moving to New York in 2010, is that right?
1: Yeah, the end of 2010.
0: Yeah. So what was that kind of juncture in your career like?
1: Uh, well, I just, I, in 2008, 2009, I just had a a book come out called Pens of My Friends, which is kind of a monograph. It's, I think it's like 300 pages or something. And I've been making a lot of I've been traveling a lot, doing a lot of murals, a lot of exhibitions, a lot of commercial stuff as well, you know, sort of collaborations with brands and things. And we put it all into this big book and it came with a DVD and a poster and a mini book inside and it was like this. And I sat there with it on my desk and I was like, all right, that's, that's been a good 10 years. That's, that's a bunch of work. What am I going to do next? Like, do I want to just make all the content for this book again? And the thought of that really, really frightened me Hmm. Um, because it's just I hate routine. I hate the idea of being bored and repeating myself and and knowing what I'm going to make. And I just thought, well, if I do all this again, I already know what it's going to look like. It's going to look like this book and it's already here. So I don't need to do that. I can do something different. And um, to facilitate that, to sort of really change things for my life, I thought I had to move. So it was quite comfortable where I was. I was living in Nottingham in the middle of the UK and I thought I have to go somewhere else. And I'm not really, I'm not an adventurous type. I'm pretty lazy, uh, (laughs) like staying at home and not talking to people as much as possible. So it was, is against my, you know, natural character or my natural instincts. But I thought this is the only way. Otherwise I'm just doomed to repeat exactly what I did before. Um, so that's what I did. I I wrote a little list of places I wanted to move to. and New York was the, the on the top of the list uh, because I'd been coming here for work anyway, and I'd, I'd made a few friends. And I really really felt I could uh, I would like living here. Hmm. And that, and uh, yeah, I it's, I told my parents I might move to New York. I told my friends. No one no one said don't go. No <laughs> one begged me. to. No one begged me to stay. They all were like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, all right, bye." <laughs> so, if anyone had just like shed a tear and been like, "We, you can't go, you <laughs> you must, we'll miss you too much," home. I probably would have been there because I just need some encouragement, either way. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I was surprised at my mom. If you could guarantee anyone to guilt you into into doing something or not doing something, it would be my right. mother. So um,
0: she was like, yeah, off you go. So um, <laughs> Was she working on her most recent book as well? Is that she didn't need you as a distraction? <laughs> what happened there?
1: I, don't, I have no idea. I have no idea. <laughs> um, so, yeah. I mean, maybe it was like the bigger guilt game. So she could then, I could move and then she could then guilt me about like never seeing her and it's you're so far away (laughs) and why don't you call and all this stuff. So maybe just, she was thinking that's more ammunition for for future guilt. The the Um, long play. Yeah. She's smart. She's a smart lady. Um, so yeah, that's, so I, I I did it. I moved here. I had no, I didn't know where I was going to live, but turned up with two, I got rid of all my old possessions Threw a lot of stuff away, gave a lot of stuff away. um, really tried to sort of reset everything. Um, Yeah, moved here with two suitcases, didn't have anywhere to live, didn't have a studio, Um, and, uh, yeah, it's all turned out okay so far.
0: Did you – so do you feel like you kind of found what you were looking for out of New York? Was it just sort of a convenience because you knew people there? What's what's the journey been like since being here?
1: Well, you know, uh, it's been really great. You know, it's a great city. There's a lot of fun things happening all the time. It can be pretty overwhelming um but i quite like that i quite like the fact that there's it's a crazy amount of stuff um yeah i think it's been really good for me i mean i've like all this all you know all the video stuff all the animation stuff all the more performance stuff like getting out of um just sitting behind a desk or hiding in the studios i think has been good for me as a person and good for me as an artist um and I, I didn't really have a idea exactly what I was going to do. So I, I can't say whether I achieved that or not, but I, honestly, I really just wanted to live a more fun, happy life for however many years I was going to be here. So I think, I think, yeah, in that regard, I've, I've
0: achieved that. Hey everybody, I'd like to pause the episode here for just one second, first and foremost, to give you guys our thanks. We're so appreciative that you guys like what we do and are listening. Uh, We really couldn't do it without you. We love making this podcast, but obviously you have to be there for us to make it. If you're interested in helping us out a little bit more, if you want to go the extra mile, we would appreciate it so much. And there's two ways that you can help. The first, leave a five-star review wherever you listen to your podcast. This seems like a little thing. I know everybody's always asking you to do it, but it helps us so much. And more than anything else, it helps people like you find us. So if you find us interesting, other people hopefully do too. The second thing that you can do is let us know what you find interesting. Tell us what you want to hear. Please just reach out to us. Say anything to us. Find us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at State of the Art. All right. Thanks so much. And back to the podcast. So one of the the really interesting things you did when you moved to New York... Was the formation of uh, the power duo Anxiety Team? Can you tell our oh, yeah. <laughs> our listeners about Anxiety Team?
1: Anxiety Team, one of the best uh, ever pop bands. It's like uh, <laughs> you've ever heard of or never heard of, I should say. Right. We we were t- we were a band a little before I moved here, like maybe a year before uh, I moved here, um, and that was definitely like another a cool thing to to do. Uh, me and my friend Jim Avignon formed this band called Anxiety. He's he's a real musician and has been playing music live for 20 plus years. I am not. I've never done that before. <laughs> i would never written songs before. I didn't play any kind of instruments before. So, um, But that was just like another, it was like, well, I'll just try this. Instead of like painting and drawing funny characters, maybe i'll write songs about them or write colorful songs or playful music that that sounds like how i think my paintings would sound it was just like another way of creating that wasn't drawing and because i've been drawing you know for so many years it's so familiar it's it's sometimes hard to feel that it's developing or growing or you're finding anything new in it because i think i'm i'm too it's too ingrained in what how i draw so so trying to take um that creative process and put it into a different medium was like really amazing. And yeah, so when I moved here we we did a lot more of that and we played a lot of gigs in really kind of crappy venues in the Lower East Side at like two in the morning. Yeah. And um but that was really like interesting. Like uh, again. You make work uh, like I would make work in a traditional way and and, um, behind closed doors and maybe it would go on a wall. Maybe you'd have an opening. People would look at it and rub their chins and say, well done. And that would be it. But performing live, you're seeing people's in real time reaction to the thing you've been working on. And that's really fascinating. Hmm. And, they, and they sit through it. You know, they spend three minutes with a song. They probably don't spend more than three seconds looking at a painting. <laughs> so it was just, yeah, it was another way to like share this work and get, see what people thought of it. And I, know, yeah, I found it really fascinating. And I know it's, it's helped me in other aspects of my day to day sort of practice in Talking to people, giving lectures, giving workshops. I mean, when you've been on stage and um, have had fruit, well, vegetables thrown at you. Yes, yeah. this is not a lie. This actually, I've really? had fruit and vegetables thrown at me. <laughs> uh, what I can't get is people that throw stuff have amazing aim. <laughs> i mean i like
0: this isn't a real thing you lie no, this is a real no, thing it's
1: true we had a song called salad ballad and <laughs> it had a very long instrumental middle section in which during which i would hand out uh i would make salad you know before the gig and i'd hand out salad to the audience uh to eat like crunchy carrots and stuff right and uh yeah, yeah. Someone, I, never arm your audience. I was going to say. I was
0: just about to ask.
1: I was completely asking for it, right? Whenever someone I... ate, someone ate almost all their carrot and threw the end <laughs> at me, and it hit me right on the head. Uh, if it'd been a little low, it would have got me in the eye. Uh, and then a few, few years later, we we had a like we were a goofy band, right? And we had lots of like playful stuff happening during the performances and everything. So. Um, We'd have people on stage and we'd do live painting during a song. We'd have, we'd, we'd have art auctions midway through a set. Um, <laughs> like lots of different things, lots of different things. And one of them was uh, we had a game where you had to throw like little basketballs into through a hoop. But um, the basketballs were little orange, little saxumas, little oranges right. that we draw, I'd drawn the basketball lines so, over. So they looked like little basketballs. You had to, to throw it. And um, yeah. Someone threw it quite hard at my head. <laughs> that was the last time we ever gave gave someone I, a, a you know thing that could be a projectile weapon.
0: I was going to say, whenever you see the like the rotten fruits and vegetables being thrown in cartoons, the question as a little kid is always like, "Well, did they bring these?" fruits and vegetables in with them mm, were they provided i, can, to I them? can answer
1: that for you now, there was now a there's stupid, an answer stupid warm-up band
0: <laughs> came on
1: and <laughs> thought it would be funny to give everyone uh you know fruit and vegetables so i'm not sure i i don't know why we did that i knew it, 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 i i had a i had it coming i guess
0: i do have kind of a serious question about this though because for sure. someone someone who you know you describe yourself Tongue in cheek, but I assume there's a sense of reality to it. Is an anxious person? I mean, you're you've named the band Anxiety Team, so I assume that this is a real thing for you. I'm mm-hmm. curious because I think that you actually see that a lot with visual artists and i think that in a in a way you know the studio is kind of a safe haven for people who um are anxious yeah. people depressed people whatever you know people that have those issues but performing is a completely different animal i mean you're you're naked in front of people so what was that experience like as a change from the studio uh
1: yeah it it is and you have to become someone else and i think in all all parts of our day, we're, we're becoming someone else, you know, from the, the when you're alone to when you're on the phone to when you're meeting someone to when you're going out, you, you have all these slightly different versions of yourself. And there's a performance version of ourselves in everyone. And I completely understand it's pretty terrifying for most people to to pull that person out. But um, they exist. And, um, you know, the first few times we went on stage, I was I was shaking and it was awful. I couldn't eat the whole day before hmm. going on stage. Uh, I couldn't drink. It was awful. It was awful. But that goes away. It really does. And um, it, yeah, it was a big change. And you just become—you've bec- become this uh, like extrovert. And it—it's wonderful to be in that um, in that body for half an hour or so. Hmm. But the thing is, I can't stay like that as yeah. soon as it's over the magic you know the magic dust is well not magic dust that suggests something else uh, you know the, <laughs> the, the magical uh the time on stage as soon as you step off the stage for me anyway i go back to being regular john and um and it's it's not the same you lose all that ma- magical power hmm. um but it's great being up there and it shows you can you know you one can do that if if you if you if you give yourself the opportunity and, and, and stick with it long enough. But um, yeah, it's kind of empowering. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. Yeah, it's to sing, to actually sing in front of people to some like tinny music that's coming out of some <laughs> crappy speakers and everyone's watching you. And let's be honest, most of the audience were our, our good friends. So sure. even worse, like, you're going to see these people another time. <laughs> right, um, right, far, right. Far better to do in front of strangers, I, I would say. Far better if you can't see them and you don't know them. Yeah. Um, we did we did gigs where it was in tiny little cavernous uh, venues where the people were stood right, almost nose to nose, like, in front of you. That, I mean, that's really awful. Yeah. But it's like a roller coaster, right? It's kind of scary, but... Uh, when it's over you you're excited and relieved and energized and you kind of just want to do it again yeah performing live is exactly the same well
0: well i know i know the band is broken up but uh if ever there's a reunion tour i'll be first to grab tickets all right all right, that's that's
1: that will be. m Maybe we'll reform just for that promise.
0: Um Just
1: as we, just because Jim moved back to Berlin, so just as just as like uh, he was going to move back, we started to. For the first time, people were asking when we can next play, rather than <laughs> rather than us begging. if We could play, so we we ended on a on a high. So it was a bit of a shame, but anyway, yeah, yeah I'll I'll keep you posted. Maybe there'll be a re- reunion.
0: So. Shifting gears into some of the work that maybe you're you're better known for, although I know that Anxiety Team was skyrocketing up the charts. Uh, uh, I'm I'm curious. So you know, uh, your work is really interesting. I mean, I think a lot of people that um, look at your work, it, you've had a lot of success um, as a commercial artist with you know book, books, stickers, um, clothing, branding, all of this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, And I think most people that that see artists working sort of in that field assume that they kind of come through a design background. Um, But but you didn't, as we mentioned earlier. I mean, you you really did come out of the fine art world. Is that, you know, when you kind of got through school and were looking at your career ahead of you, um, how did you look at sort of commercial opportunities versus, you know, more traditional gallery or, you know, museum route?
1: um i looked at them as a means of being able to sustain uh living so i looked at them with uh, a massive appreciation i mean i didn't really know they existed until they came along so i wasn't like seeking them out but it's very difficult when you're in your early 20s and um you've got no sort of money and you're working hard at a job you don't really want to be at and someone says do you want to uh, paint some of these panels for, uh, you know, a denim brand and we're going to pay you more than you would earn in your part-time job. Do you want to do that? You go, wow. Yeah. I didn't even know I could do that. Let's, let's do it. And the thing is, once you do that once and your work gets out there in, in that kind of, uh, um, field, then people understandably go, Oh, maybe you want to work for my company or maybe you want to partner on this project. And, yeah, that's kind of how it happened. So I didn't, I didn't sort of go out seeking it. But yeah, I, I, ha- I had to take advantage of it because uh, I wouldn't have been able to leave my job otherwise. And it just bought me a lot of time. And that time I put back into my practice. And then also, I've always been interested in this kind of stuff anyway. So it, 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 was, it was sort of titillating to sort of make products. And have my work available in shops and uh, and in people's lives
0: hmm.
1: rather than just be on the wall. Like, you know, if someone is wearing your work or sleeping on top of it, or in the case of a sick bag I made for Virgin Atlantic many years ago, <laughs> vomiting over it and into it, that's kind of interesting. Like, that takes your work into a, a whole new space and then it becomes part of people's lives and it, yeah it becomes something else and maybe that's a little different um maybe it's distracting or maybe it's another string to my bow you could argue either way but uh for me um like i said earlier that i want my work to to be accessible and, and people to engage with it what could be better than than those kind of things so i was i was yeah it gave me it, uh, i was excited by by a lot of those opportunities and it pays which you know when you spend several months working on an exhibition and you put it up, you've already spent a lot of time and money making stuff. You've got no guarantee if anyone's going to buy anything. It's a real, it's a real gamble. Hmm. Um, so yeah, but you know, there's, there's there's pitfalls and things with the commercial stuff as well.
0: So what, you know, now that, now that you've done that, you've seen some success and you know, there's, there's probably a lot of options open to you. Where do you kind of see your career moving forward? Oh man, I don't know. Do you? I don't know.
1: Like, like the problem is, like, I've taken advantage of a lot of opportunities that have come my way. Um, and the thing is, if you do that a lot, then sometimes when you pause and you say, "What do I want to do?" You kind of got distracted for many years doing all these other things. Hey, John, you want to travel here and do this? Do you want to? So I'm like, oh yeah. What is it i was doing again? <laughs> uh, you can get really, you can get really swept away by all those things, which is kind of good and bad. Um, stuff I'd really like to make and I'm slowly still sort of working on those projects. Um, like, uh, I, you know, it's been a long standing ambition of mine to make some kind of show. It could be an animated show. It could be a live action show. It could be for kids. It could be for adults. I have a whole bunch of different ideas, which every so often I sort of, um, send around to people and, and try and get, try and get sort of the ball rolling on. And I've, I've had some stuff that have been in development that, that sadly didn't get like green lit in the end. So I've sort of come close ish to getting stuff made. So I'm still, Hmm. it's still something I haven't achieved and it's like a, maybe it's a bit of a longer, um, term goal. Yeah. It's not something you can achieve in a weekend or, or a month, you know? So, um, But it is something I'd really love to do. So um, yeah, I would say that that's pretty high up on my list. Yeah. And it's also something I've not done yet. So,
0: you know, I was going to say that kind of stays in keeping with what you said earlier. That is that you kind of like to keep that beginner's mindset. You like sort of taking a bite into things that you've never touched before to just kind of tinker around on the inside. Huh?
1: Yeah. I mean, I had a a show in development with Disney and um, it was kind of, it felt a bit silly because they were um you know i was chatting with the executives and we were discussing um you know the how you construct you know how you put the show together directors um, storyboard artists all this kind of stuff and there were lots of terms i had no idea what the hell they were talking about (laughs) and i kept having to interrupt like what's what's one of those and why do we need that and who's that and because like hey i'm not an animator filmmaker director script writer screenwriter you know i'm none of these things so like what what the hell am i doing in this meeting yeah so um but I've, i always try and use that to my advantage i'm like do you want to make something that hasn't been made before by someone that doesn't know what they're doing <laughs> and you know if the answer is yes then we can do things together <laughs> so it's not always for everyone i say that with almost all my projects like uh, even the commercial stuff like let's try and do something that we haven't done because you know i don't i'm not a designer i'm not i'm not really an illustrator i never studied those things so it's going to be a bit different but that's like a good thing it's good it's good that it's not going to be the same not for everyone but um yeah occasionally yeah occasionally people are into that so it's the same with a show and i think with with a lot of shows um people just want like a distinctive voice or you know idea something that that stands out so um so, yeah, I feel like I can, I can maybe offer something
0: like that. Well, I am staying tuned. I will be the biggest fan of whatever the first John Bergerman show is, because I'm sure it's going to be interesting. All right. That's
1: good. <laughs> that's you. So let's let where well, you've got you. You're going to be there at the premiere of the show <laughs> and for the anxiety team performance at the end. What else can we get you to agree to?
0: <laughs> Look, I pull a lot of weight in Hollywood um, okay, because excellent. I've seen several movies and I think that's valuable to them.
1: <laughs> uh have you got a movie pass? Is that still going
0: i don't you know I did buy it whenever it was around. I don't know if they're still running or not. I know they were uh they were selling dreams and then they came on some rough times but I don't know if it's still going <laughs> I don't know. All
1: right. You want to check that you're not still subscribed. <laughs> that's that's their whole business model, you know that.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Get people subscribed and then just uh right. and then just kind of disappear a little bit and hope no right. one notices. Watch the paychecks just roll in. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, John, this has been a, a really fun interview. I hope that all of our listeners check you out. You really are um I mean your style is a lot of fun. It is uh it, it's it's pervasive it really does kind of bleed into every little corner once you start getting into it so um, i'm a huge fan how can our listeners uh follow you stay in contact what what do you want them to look at
1: uh well i guess uh, the easiest one that most people will be able to access i guess is instagram but if you just type you know it's just my name john j-o-n Bergman, as it sounds yeah, man, all one word. You can find me on Instagram. um You can find my website, it's just johnbergman.com. Uh, I've got lots of books. Maybe some of your listeners might like my book, It's Great to Create, which is that creativity book I made. It's published by Chronicle. uh You can find all these links on my website and stuff. If you just write my name into Google, you'll find a bunch of stuff. There's children's books as well that I've made. You can. Uh, if you really, really are curious, you can go onto YouTube and type in "Anxiety" <laughs> and John Bergman and find find. And I will say, when people film you on their mobile phone, the sound quality is not very good. So don't <laughs> don't think we would. I mean, it's actually kind of quite representative of how we sound. So um <laughs> you can find you can find videos of us performing in inverted commas uh, on the internet. So. I don't know yeah and he, people can drop me a line you can send me a a message on any of those things I'll probably reply at some point so if you've got follow up questions or you're curious or you want to um commission a TV show or or feature length <laughs> movie or something let's talk get a hold let's get talk old. yeah and we we
0: will we'll, we will make sure to put all of those uh links in the show notes uh along with the episode so if anybody's curious please check the show notes too. So thank you so much, John. But before I let you go, we have to do a couple rapid fire questions just off the top of your head, not not thinking too hard. And uh, we'll no, see what, what I'm comes all about. out about.
1: That's what I'm all about. <laughs> this, is, um, this is what I'm ready for. All right, let's go. Uh,
0: all right. Well, the first one is very easy, but it's a must know question. Are you a dog person or a cat person?
1: Oh, I'm a... Um... I'm a dog. My wife loves dogs. I'm a dog person. (laughs) I would not be allowed to to answer any other way. I like dogs. Dogs are crazy. Dogs are just bonkers, aren't they? What are dogs up to? sniffing around (laughs) weeing on everything (laughs) they're having a crazy time dogs are you know it's true cats just
0: leave you alone dogs are actually interactive i'm a dog person a thousand percent of the way so i'm i'm with they're very
1: enthusiastic very enthusiastic most dogs But dig their enthusiasm
0: (laughs) all right so when you are hungover or burnout or whatever it is you're just laying and need some some time to just veg out on a sunday afternoon what's your like go-to space out movie that you don't care too much about
1: i would uh, maybe not a movie although they could be deemed as. i would watch an old episode of columbo a classic columbo yeah put that on on a sunday afternoon with a cup of tea a few
0: biscuits (laughs) on the sofa Watch a
1: couple back to back they are brilliant
0: that Eight is a four. great answer, it and I love that yeah. it. it was automatic. There was no question. Like, you've clearly done this before. Many, many times.
1: <laughs> right. No shame. It's brilliant.
0: All right. Next question. What song immediately brings you back to your childhood? Ooh. Um,
1: I don't know. Maybe something by Pink Floyd, because I probably uh, stole my older mm. brother's, like, tape. Right. Or something of Dark Side of the Moon. If I listen to Dark Side of the Moon, I I go back to like a school trip to London <laughs> when I was probably about thirteen.
0: So very yeah, nice, something like that. Yeah, <laughs> I like that one. I don't. I mean, I don't want to date you, but you're not like they're not from your generation, are they? No, no, <laughs> you're, you're you're a little younger than that, right?
1: I'm a little. I'm a little younger. My I think my dad had a copy of Dark Side of the Moon on vinyl. Bar- we like. I grew up in a house that had like. Five copies of Dark Side of I Me. Mean, we had it on vinyl, yeah. probably had it on CD, probably had a live version on the cassette tape so nice um yeah I grew up with my dad really uh liked sort of classic rock like the who and the Beatles and Pink yeah. Floyd stuff like that so I grew up with a lot of that in the house so um yeah any any of that music actually would take me back to sort of childhood vibes so
0: it's funny at a similar situation because I have three older brothers and they were all into you know Led Zeppelin and the Beatles mm. and all the classic rock stuff so I tell people all the time there was so much good music around. My first album was Jagged Little Pill by Alanis Morissette, which I'm not knocking, by the way. It's a great album. Still <laughs> oh, a guilty right. pleasure, but it was because mm. my brothers had all the other good stuff. <laughs> well, okay. Well, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm not
1: sure I can agree with that. But it's, uh, p- people love that album, so I'm
0: not going <laughs> to say anything. All right. Well, last rapid fire question, but certainly not least. If you get up at three in the morning and need a snack, what is your midnight snack? Or three AM snack.
1: Oh, I guess it would be just like a bowl of uh, cornflakes
0: mm. with
1: with some. I will plug plug Oatly. <laughs> Have you had this oat oat milk? Have you had this stuff? No. What is it? It's it, it's it's milk made from oats. Huh. Oat Oatly, I think it's called. You know how every new yeah, every, yeah, yeah everything new has got a Lee at the end of the name now. <laughs> right, right, um, right. And it, Anyway, but I'm not sure how how where it's from. I think it's Swedish. But anyway, oat milk—it's incredible. It's like <laughs> milk and porridge all at the same time. <laughs> it's delicious. It's oaty, yummy. It's like a biscuit in a milk.
0: This together. is together.
1: <laughs> you don't even need to chew. It's perfect for as you one gets a little older. I am. I um, I'm
0: envisioning you in like like footy pajamas with your artwork yeah. all over it just shuffling to the fridge at three in the morning and pulling out oat milk and and, uh, cornflakes.
1: I mean, I'm a new convert to the oat milk, but everyone should give it a go. It's really delicious, yeah.
0: (laughs) Well, thank you, John. This has been a fun interview. Um, I really do hope that all of our listeners check out your work because it's really fun. It's really exciting. And I wish you all the best of luck.
1: All right, wonderful to chat to you guys. All right, see you another time.
0: Cheers, John, thank you. As always, listeners, thank you so much for tuning in this week, and thank you so much to John. Please check out his work, johnbergerman.com, John Bergerman on social media, Instagram. Uh, His work is awesome and hilarious. I think everybody will love him that follows him. And as always, if you like what we're doing here at State of the Art, if you like this episode, please rate and review us. Give us five stars wherever you listen to your podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher, whatever We'd really appreciate it. It helps us grow and and reach new listeners just like you. So thank you so much. This has been another episode of State of the Art with me, Andrew Herman.